And we're live. All right. Welcome to Hebrews and Talks, episode eight. Welcome. I hope everyone has had a good week since the last time uh, you've joined to watch or listen. Mm. Um, But today, I'm back with the I'll Be Back mug. We really need to get uh, new mugs. We do. But uh, we do. I like ours as well. (laughs) How does Jesus make his coffee? He brews it. I'm going to give our quick layout for today. Uh, P.E. is going to lead us through a devotional, uh, through a chapter, a passage in Hebrews. Mm -hmm. And then today's primary segment, uh, our topic is on the joys of ministry. Mm. Uh, Last week, we talked about uh, expecting the unexpected. And so a lot of that entailed uh, kind of like the things that people don't expect going into ministry, things that are a little bit harder or a little bit more difficult or make things a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. So this time around, we're going to talk about the joys of ministry because there's a lot of those as well. More of those, really. For sure. Um, And then we're going to do, we're going to give, I'm going to give a mission spotlight, uh, talking about highlighting uh, an aspect of missions around the world and what's happening around the world, what the Lord is doing Mm. out in the world. And then we actually have some questions, a couple questions that we received uh, from our viewers, our family and friends. And so we're going to answer those couple questions and then we'll close. Yeah. Thank you for the questions. So, and keep them coming. Yep. Right. So as we get a few, we'll we'll add that into uh, our, our episodes. For sure. Uh, but for today, I just wanted to look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses uh, 23 to 25. And it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Mm. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Amen. Uh, there's a lot going on in these just these three verses um but the writer of hebrews tells us to hold fast to our hope uh, because the one who promised right god the father uh, is good and right before uh this verse uh he is explaining how jesus right uh died once and for all he made a way for us to uh be with god uh, by the blood by his blood and keeping all those things in mind he says then let us hold fast um, the confession of our hope without wavering. See, there's no need to waver because Jesus made a way. His way is sure, and he is faithful and also um, trustworthy. We know that he um, is one who keeps his promises. Uh, so we're able to hold on to hope, not because uh, we are able to hold on to hope because of who we're putting our hope in. Mm. Uh, of course, when we put hope into things of this world, um, we can waver because it's not, nothing's for sure, nothing's certain. Uh, you know, your bank account one day can have like a million dollars, the next day it can have zero. It's hard to put your hope in, uh, you know, in money in your bank account. But for God, we're able to put our hope in God because we know He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and that He is one who's always going to keep His promises. So we have no need to waver. Uh, our hope can always shine bright, even when, you know, we go through hard times in, in our life. And I'm sure a lot of us, we go through hardships a lot, you know, big or small. Um, even in those times, we're able to not waver and hold on to hope because our hope is in, is in Christ. And he says, with that in mind, then, what are we supposed to do? Stir up one another to love and good works. Right? It's uh, talking about the church. This is why the church is so important. We come to worship. But we also are there to encourage one another, right? To pray for each other, to cheer people on, to share about uh, maybe they had some failures this week 
but also yeah. some victories. And as we share in that, man, it kind of inspires us. It encourages us to keep on going. And we're able to uh, see how our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ are growing in their faith. Um, there's, like, there's a synergy there when we come together as his body. And he says, don't neglect to meet together. Right? Again, why church is so important. Regularly meeting with your brothers and sisters to share about what's going on. Uh, because, again, that is what helps us to keep going on. It kind of encourages. I think when we hear testimonies, uh, it's very encouraging. And just to share briefly, just, uh, I, um, I met with someone this week, uh, just someone new, and he, he was sharing his testimony. And I don't know why, like, his testimony was amazing. And I just got, like, a jolt of energy. Like, I was like, man, it's, like, so good. God is so good. Like, God working in this guy's life. And just seeing just how God has been leading him in this life. Uh, I just, that, that was like the fastest lunch break I ever had. Where I just realized, oh shoot, it's already been over, like almost, we're approaching an hour and a half. Flew by. It just flew by. And yeah. I was just like, so just sucked into his testimony. And then after sharing, he's like, why don't you, you know, tell me your testimony. I'm sharing mine. And he's like, sucked into it too. And we're like, just, just it's just two people, right? And we're just really encouraged by one another's testimony. But if you can multiply that. Uh, with a with a church and there's like you know however many people you have at church all sharing your testimony uh, i think it, it has the power to inspire and encourage and to keep us going uh, just like working out by yourself and also with a working or with like a workout buddy is different mm -hmm. right workout buddy keeps you accountable keeps you going you see their gains they see your gains and it's like a competitive and they, they try to get stronger and stronger uh, whereas if you work out by yourself it's easy to get lazy and and just uh slowly start to kind of slack off right um and so the hebrews today mm. reminds us who our hope is in and also encourages us to meet regularly share uh with your brothers and sisters stir each other up it says to love and good works we're encouraging them to to have the love of of god in their hearts and also to do good works uh for one another and for for anyone else their their neighbors uh so that's just um I guess our devotion for today in Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Amen. That's yeah. a good word. And I was just yeah. thinking about how you were saying um, our hope doesn't waver because our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm. Like he purchased the hope that we have right. through the blood of Jesus, which is like, like you mentioned what he was talking about before. And so right. like if he's going to use his own blood, then of course like we can have, we can have faith in the hope that he promises and the day's drawing near when he's going to come back. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that later. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's exciting, especially for those of us who love the Lord. and are. It and should our, be exciting. It hopefully, should be exciting. Hopefully no one's dreading it. They're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, and if we truly believe that that hope is coming, then we're going to gather. We're going to talk oh, yeah. about it. We're going to be excited about it genuinely. We're going to talk sure. about it. And it's going to be a good time. Somebody just came to the for door. Sure. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, what is today's primary segment? The... It's joys, joys of ministry. Of ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, last week was joys too. Not that, let's not right. get it twisted. Like, we just want to share some things you probably wouldn't expect as a pastor or someone in ministry right. to be doing. Uh, but again, those are all joys to help us to grow and help us to love our church in various mm -hmm. ways. But today, I guess, uh, just more specifically, when it comes to the ministry, when you think about ministry, right, uh, saving people, bringing people to Christ, uh, encouraging them some of the joys that we've experienced right. up to this point. So it'll be mm -hmm. more like stories. Um, An act of like professing gratitude to the Lord, I guess, is, is how I'm approaching this and how we're approaching this. Mm -hmm. Like uh, really 
honoring the Lord and the calling that he's given to us. Because I feel like for some reason, like you were talking about movements a couple episodes back, but like pastors and ministers nowadays are, are hopping onto this bandwagon of like really complaining about the ministry and complaining mm. about their congregants. But like we actually need to, in humility, like be grateful that we're suffering for his, his sake. Yeah. And, and there are many celebrations as well. Remember when I got called into ministry, my discipler, um, Pastor Mark Lee, and I've talked about this guy before, and I talk about this guy all the time, mm-hmm. and he met him uh, pretty recently. Yeah, very good very, guy. Very good guy, very, yeah. uh, very God-fearing, very bold, very humble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said, one of the first things, he was so excited that I was being called into ministry. And he looked at me and he said, Chuan, your feet, Chuan, my Korean name, he said, Sam, your feet are beautiful. And I was, I was kind of taken back. I was like, what are you talking about? My feet are beautiful. <laughs> and he said, how beautiful are the feet mm. of those who go to preach yeah. the good news. And he was quoting Amen. from Hebrews, and that's also from the, the Old Testament, Testament as well. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, and like, it really is the, today is actually my second year of, of ministry, of being a pastor. And, um, and yeah, like, even throughout these short two years, uh, like, I can already see, like, like what he meant and like mm-hmm. where that joy came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm excited for many more years and two years felt like 10, uh, but I know I have many more to That's go. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. Um, but like, yeah. just cause like there's so much happening, there's so much going on, I'm yeah. saying. But yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, I guess uh, for me too, just thinking about the joys of ministry that I've had up to this point, uh, there, are, there are a lot. Of course, like when I was starting out, uh, few episodes ago, we talked about calling and how I got to this church um, in Raleigh while I was studying seminary. But the students there, I guess they were um, kind of in a unique spot because they didn't have a youth pastor for a little bit. Uh, and then I came on board and they just like, from day one, it's like as if they know me their whole life. They're just like open and they're just like, they're like jumping and like <laughs> hugging, like like jumping onto me, like expecting me to like, like you know, to wow. hold them up. But they're like, like that. Right, just on like day one, and they're like just all over me, and, and um, it was such a joy to work with uh, that that precious youth. And I remember one time we're driving somewhere, and like this, I guess you know it's, it's the same road that we always drive on, but I guess that day it just hit her different. But she was looking out the window, and she was like, "Pastor Eugene, like God's so amazing." Like, yeah, yeah, of course, like, of course, amen. And she's like, I mean, you just look at creation and like, how can you like, how can anyone deny that there's God? Like, it's so amazing, like just all of creation. I was just like, and she was what, seventh grade, I think at the time. I was like, wow, to have her feel that way. And she's like, it's like, I don't understand how anyone can deny God. And God is so good and so amazing and so great. And like, she was just going on and on about it. And she was looking at trees, you know, along the side of the road, the same trees that she's probably seen like, going to and from church. Uh, but it just one day, I guess it just kind of clicked in her, in her head. And those yeah. moments are so precious where yeah. it feels like a lot of times you're just like, you're just hitting a brick wall, you know, like over and over again. But then like they show glimpses of the enlightenment or like where it clicks and they understand that God is great. Mm-hmm. God is good. How can anyone deny it? There's evidence of him any, everywhere. And that's, uh, I still remember that because I don't know, it was such a joy to see her that inspired and like so happy to talk about. Mm. And she was so like, yeah, she was like so joyful about it. It was, yeah. I mean, we'll take turns kind of sharing stories, but that's, I want to start off with that one because that's one of the ones that happened uh, early on in my ministry. Yeah. I feel uh, like 
if for all Christians, like if our, if our goal in one sense, one way to look at it is becoming more Christ-like, right? And uh, being ambassadors mm-hmm. for the kingdom of heaven, ambassadors of Christ. And so like being miniature Christ, mm-hmm. uh, versions of Christ, Christ imitators spread out throughout the world. If that's the goal of all Christians, I feel like as pastors, and this is obviously specifically for pastoral ministry, but we have an advantage in that sense, I feel like, because not that we are holier and uh, but like, but like we're almost like put in situations where like the Lord forces us to actually be refined and, and, uh, and like really just kind of drags us along to become more Christ-like mm-hmm. and show us more of like, a little bit more of like, this is how Jesus views the church. This is how much he loves you guys mm-hmm. and loves you. And, and um, that's a point I like to make a lot. Like part of the joys of being a pastor is that we are miniature shepherds mm-hmm. waiting for the chief shepherd. But our goal is not to accrue as many sheep as we can. Right. Our goal is to actually get people to follow the chief shepherd right. as we're following the chief shepherd with them. Right, and right. so it's like, it's almost as if like, we get like a couple extra steps first and we can see a little bit more of like mm-hmm. his love and like his mm-hmm. glory and all that stuff. And so like, yeah, like hearing your story about, again, like only two years in ministry, but like, uh, like really like the Lord, like refining and changing my heart. Like, as I look at my youth and as I see them get excited about the Lord, like, I'm filled with joy. I remember, like, um, for example, like, when you're a part of anything, like, any type of movement, like, we all know, we all know this feeling, like, the difference between being a part of something as opposed to, like, being an observer. Right. Like, the joy that you get from actually being a part of it, it's, like, multiplied. It's magnified, right? right? It's, like, it's like when you're cooking. Mm-hmm. Like, when you eat good food, it's like, oh, like, man, that's so good. But, like... And I don't really like food, but like when you, I know, I understand, even I understand, like when you actually go through the effort and the time to cook the food yourself mm-hmm. and you enjoy that good food and people are enjoying it with you, mm-hmm. it tastes much better for you. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like that, like as, as people of God, like we can all enjoy the fruits of the spirit and like mm-hmm. the fruits of the ministry. But like when you're actually a part of like, God is actually using you to like plant seeds and you see like kids that you're preaching the gospel to give their lives to the Lord, oh, yeah. get them getting excited about the Lord that like you, you, you get the, the, the honor of like yeah. being like, wow, God, you used me to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just like seeing my kids like uh, maturing and like, it, it literally like it humbles me, but like, there's like no greater joy. Mm. Um, and this wasn't even me, but like I was telling uh, one of our staff, uh, she runs, she helps with the children ministry and she runs this amazing program called Bible Way. And I was telling her, like, I really think amongst like all of our different ministries within our church, I view Bible Way as probably one of, if not the most precious ministry that we have. And I was, she was trying, she was being modest and humble and she was trying to, she was trying to deny it. But I was telling her, no, seriously, because like when they, when they share their, t- when these Little like sixth graders and fifth graders, fourth graders, when they share their testimonies in front of the entire church, it brings me to tears. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's the kind of joy that you can partake in when it comes to ministry. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. Another one that comes to mind. Uh, this was, I guess, this. Uh, it was like a hardship and a joy at the same time because one of the youth uh, during that time uh, at that church that I started with was really just like down and he was telling me hey pastor eugene i feel like god hates me i was like why it's like you know that verse where it says like you know jacob i love but esau i hate it and and he's like i think i'm esau 
right? And just like heartbreaking, right? And he was going through a lot at that time. And I was just like praying with him. I was talking with him, discipling him. Um, and it was that it went on for a long time. Uh, but about a year and a half, maybe two years later, he was able to realize he's not Esau. Mm. Right? He saw that God does love him. Right? And like God showed up in, in a really mighty way uh, in his life. Uh, and that was a joy, right? It was, at first, it, I truly was heart, heartbroken. I'm like, man, like how can, I don't I have yet to encounter anyone who thought that they were Esau when they read that verse and they felt like they were Esau. They wow. felt like they were outcast. And he's like, I think this is me. And I know at that time he had like suicidal thoughts and like, just ending his life. There's a lot of things going on in his life. But a year and a half, two years of just like talking with him, discipling him, praying for him. Um, he, you know, gave his life to the Lord and said, uh, now I know God, God truly does love me. And those breakthrough moments, like I met, like our first story, right? Those kind of breakthrough moments is truly what kind of gives you the energy to keep on going. Of course, like uh, having your own time with the Lord and, QT and word uh, studying the word um, keeps us going, but those uh, seeing the fruit, I guess to to put it sim to put it in simple terms, seeing the fruit of uh, all your work and like input that you do for mm -hmm. your for your flock, um, definitely at least for me gives me the the strength to keep on going. Right? Mm, for um, sure. Yeah, as you're saying, as you're talking, it reminded me also of a particular youth. And this was also kind of like a, uh, like it was sufferable at the time, um, and it's still something that we're wrestling with here and there. Uh, but there's a particular youth who, uh, she was really going through a hard time as well, and she was, uh, she had suicidal thoughts, and um, she had a lot of bad friends uh, mm -hmm. surrounding her, and um, and I remember like there were multiple nights where uh, she would call me and. And there were many, uh, many conversations we've had about, um, about her suffering and the things she was going through. And even her parents, uh, they had no idea what to do. And mm -hmm. so they were like talking to me about it and trying to, they were asking me, someone like, you know, way younger than them and uh, like what to do. And like my opinion, I had no idea. Like this was, <laughs> this was something tough. that, yeah, like tough, yeah. it was my first year in ministry. Yeah. And the only thing I really knew how to do was to tell the parents to have faith and to pray. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was doing. And. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I obviously I can't go to a girl's house and a and room alone. So I'll yeah. just I would bring one of my uh, close friends and brothers in Christ with me. We would just kind of sit there and we would just kind of talk to her and we would just mm -hmm. spend time with her and we would uh, we would pray for her. And um, now she's doing much better. Right? Mm -hmm. Like she gave uh, her she she gave her life to the Lord through that experience. But I heard from her mom uh, that she said these words. She said. Uh, what her mom told me was that she told her mom, like, if it wasn't for Pastor Sam, I wouldn't even be alive right now. Mm. And glory to God, right? Like, that's not, that's not me, right? Like, all I did was literally, again, like, I had no idea what to do, mm. but I was just there. I was present. Mm. I was praying. And I was really leaning on the Lord to actually give her hope and, mm. and show her that she has a purpose for her life. Mm. But, uh, yeah, like, when she said that and I heard that, again, it was like another humbling experience. Mm. Um, but um, I guess like what I'm trying to get at is like part of the joy of ministry is like simply seeing like God work. Mm -hmm. I think about like uh, what the, what um, I think first John says, uh, where it talks about 
how they have seen God with their own eyes. They have touched him with their own hands. Mm. They have heard his voice. They've seen the miracles. And so they're like literal eyewitnesses. Mm-hmm. And obviously we can't say that we, we had the same type of witness mm-hmm. uh, as the disciples, but in one sense, like we can say similar things mm-hmm. as ministers. We actually see the work of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can witness and we can tell people like, no, like I've seen God work and moving. He's still working and moving. He's faithful. Mm-hmm. So that's also like the joy of ministry. The fact that we just, we just kind of sit back and we see God do these amazing things and, oh, yeah. and change people's lives. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to be a part of oh, yeah. as you live this life. For sure. Um, this, uh, that first church, I mean, I keep bringing up stories because I, I guess it holds a special place in my heart because uh, I felt like that was that church, at least at the time that I was serving. I don't know how it is now because I've been, I've been away for so long, but I really felt like that was the closest church to being a, uh, it was the closest perfect church that we can get to. Like, mm-hmm. I really felt that way. Uh, not because, like, you know, of anything, um, I don't know, just like a feeling that I had. Because mm-hmm. church was like harmonious, like everything going really well. Uh, people like the congregation really loved one another. The the English side, Korean side, really were one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the older generation truly did care about the younger generation. It's not just lip service saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, of course, next generation." Right, yeah. But they're always thinking about them, putting them first. Uh, so it holds a special place in my heart. There's so many stories that come from just that church, uh, but. Uh, I remember when we were first, when I first started, because they didn't have a youth pastor for a while, uh, there wasn't much unity. Right? There wasn't much like togetherness. They're all kind of like, kind of spread out doing their own thing. And over time, again, it's not like I, I did anything. I just simply followed what God was putting in my heart. But uh, we see like moments of revelation where she shared, you know, how can anyone deny God? Uh, that guy coming to Christ, uh, realizing that God does love him. Uh, but we were doing like so many things, um, not just to do it, but for this, for uh, to bring about unity. So we were um, gathering, of course, weekly meetings, but also um, like uh, serving the homeless, getting together, having like class outings, mm-hmm. uh, having retreats again, having that yeah. become a regular thing again. And by the time I left, man, it was such a tight knit group, and we're talking mm-hmm. like a hundred little over a hundred youth at that time they were all sixth grade all the way up to 12th grade was like one wow. tight uh unit which i see a lot of that here at, at our church you know right now too and that's the, hard to do it's hard to do but i feel like people oh yeah yeah i mean it's not me <laughs> right of course but <laughs> yeah, i'm just yeah. saying like it yeah, must it have was been amazing lot. to witness it, there was yeah there was uh when i was first there it was around like 80 and then we actually had a period in time where a lot of them were just like moving to a different state or moving to back to Korea. Mm. So we like shrunk down to 50 and then it went back up to a hundred, a little over like 110, I think by the time I left. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then unity was so strong. Like they truly care for each other and seeing that, like I really felt like we're, we were the church in acts, like the new, the, the early church where they're mm. meeting together, breaking bread, uh, just sharing yeah. everything together. Oh, so, uh, so seeing that kind of, uh, like change uh individually and also collectively as a group it's just yeah that church like i said holds a special place in my heart and uh, a lot of joyful moments there a lot of hardships too right but a lot of joyful moments uh there and but going through the hardship together i'm assuming oh, yeah. uh-huh yeah talking about like 
you know, seeing God work and like mm-hmm. being a being a witness to these things, mm-hmm. like the work of God and his faithfulness. Like there's this like there was this stereotype that like the bigger churches get, the harder it harder it is to be unified mm-hmm. and smaller oh, churches yeah. have that advantage. Right. And that's definitely true. I think there's some truth to that. Yeah. And it's like logical. Yeah. But I feel like our God is a God that, you know, can do the impossible. Sure, sure. And like the fact that, you know, you witnessed a youth over a hundred unified in that way, like doing youth ministry for two years, simply two years is enough for me to know and, and uh and uh say that that's really hard to do. Um like yeah, like I think another thing that I think about is like becoming I don't know if I mentioned this in the uh, podcast before, but like I've I've once heard it said, I think it was a different podcast. I don't remember, so I can't give a <laughs> shout. But um they said becoming a shepherd of a household, and they were talking about the household of God, mm-hmm. or even like a family's household. Mm-hmm. Becoming a shepherd is becoming a father figure of a household. Mm-hmm. And like becoming a pastor, getting called to the ministry, in one sense, it kind of like it gives you a way to actually have an intentional and purposeful relationship in not just kids' lives, but like the congregants' lives. And, mm-hmm. and many pastors don't do this, many pastors are lazy, unfortunately. That's heartbreaking, but like it gives us a way to actually it gives us almost not an excuse, but like it it uh it makes it easier, I guess, for mm-hmm. us to actually play a pivotal uh, role in their lives. Like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of children without father figures or or good father figures, like it gives um an opportunity for us to be used by God in that way to fill that yeah. uh, that role in their life. Yeah, like uh, even like I'm sure you experienced this a lot when you did youth, but like you tell you you tell me about like how like really like the the connection between a youth pastor and their youth is like not like nothing other like oh, no yeah. other ministry and like sure. my youth kids will always talk about like 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 they're gonna be so excited when i get married one day but like we also talk a lot about like you know when you guys get married like like we're gonna ask you to officiate our wedding yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and, I, and i really I'm, I'm excited for those days mm-hmm. and i'm excited to actually see them grow up and like cry at their weddings because i'm like man like i remember when these kids were like the biggest pain in my butt, in my head, and um, but like, but still, like, I, I credit that to, of course, the Lord, but like the Lord's calling, right? Um, again, like it's one of the many reasons I wouldn't, you know, give this up for anything. Um, yeah, 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 it's purposeful. Yeah, my life. Yeah, for sure. Um, we know uh, it's not our ability. It's not like we're skilled, especially in anything, but it's just the fact that God called us and we're just obedient to his call mm-hmm. and God just using what we have to minister to our, you know, our sheep. Uh, it's a great joy. Yeah. Um, Amen. I guess uh, the current church kind of runs things a little bit differently, but at a, one of my previous churches I was at, um, another joyful moment was like, I was able to actually do baptism. Oh, really? Uh, for like, I think wow. it, was, it was three youth. That gave their life to the Lord, and it was um, it was a non-denomination church, but mm-hmm. uh, they had a baptismal, like a Baptist church. Oh, so like wow. going in there, like it was like super high up too. Oh, really? Like, it's like the back, the curtains open, and it's like way out, high up, and everyone's like down there. Oh, watching. I see, I see. But uh, <laughs> just giving that, and it's just like such a amazing moment, right? Mm. To be able to baptize uh, your 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 flock, yeah, and just experiencing that joy of like. Uh, dunking them in the water which uh, i guess um it could be another segment but mm-hmm. i believe in actually dunking uh and yeah. then having them come up uh was 
was uh, joyful to be able to share in that, to take pictures with the family members who were like so happy to see their their child uh, be baptized. Yeah. Professor Faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was it was amazing joy. I think whenever uh, I guess that kind of um, same idea. Whenever one of the sheep come to know the Lord, right, put their yeah. give their life to the Lord. Uh, I got to be a part of that baptism, which was which was uh, pretty amazing, and just to be a part of that you know, little memory in their life. Yeah, um, another joyful moment. Yeah, the kids call it core memories, yeah, right? They're like, memories. they're like, oh, that's a core memory right there. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a core memory. But like, yeah, you feel, your your life is just filled with core memories, um, because like, like moments like professing your faith in the Lord, like mm-hmm. that's something that you're gonna remember for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. and that's something that's gonna actually point your life in a complete one eighty direction, and you're mm-hmm. a part of that. And um, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Another thing, uh, at least I know we're so blessed. Not not every church has this, but uh, a shout to our church, like uh, a joy of ministry is the staff. I feel like oh yeah, and this is my only experience, obviously. But like I feel like I've been thrown into like such a blessed ministry setting, mm-hmm. and one of those, uh, like relatively speaking, um, like a lot of unfortunately a lot of people's first time uh, in 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 ministry is is very either shallow or it's either very lacking in experience or I'm getting all of that and like mm-hmm. and I'm getting all of it at once and a lot of times it, it can feel overwhelming but like when I take a step back or when I just simply grab food uh, with the staff like that's a joy because like you're you're like almost forced to be surrounded by godly men and women mm-hmm. and like that's good for anybody's walk right? oh like, yeah the bible makes that very clear right of like course. Bad company ruins good morales. Right. I think it's like yeah, first yeah. or second Corinthians yeah, yeah. Uh, that says that. Um, and and that's so true. Like when you're surrounded by godly men and women, for example, like um, a joy of ministry of memory is like when I first came on to this staff and, and Pastor Eugene also as well, because we joined around the same time. Mm-hmm. It was just him, me, and Pastor Daniel, which I'm still waiting for him to come on and, and everyone to actually hear him speak. <laughs> Super funny guy. Uh-huh. Uh, but like the three of us, we just got like food and coffee. And we were just talking and, and we were talking a lot about marriage and relationships. And they were right. telling me like practical advice. They were talking about their own marriages and their own stories. And, and like for me, like they were just like enjoying like their conversation, laughing. But for me, I was just kind of like watching them as a single man. And I was like, man, like there's so much for me to learn here, like to, <laughs> to absorb and take in. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and like that's super helpful for me. Like not, is it, not only is it a, a joy, but it's an advantage uh, to be surrounded by to be forced to be, because again, like, and there's some truth to this, but a lot of people, they're like, oh, like a lot of church people only surround themselves with church people. And mm-hmm. that's true. We need to be out in the world and right. uh, be with the people as Jesus was. Uh, but at the same time, like there was an apologetic in scripture that says like, it's actually very good for us to surround ourselves with like-minded, kingdom-minded uh, people. Oh, yeah. It's very, it's a, it sharpens us. Yeah. So, no, yeah. I, I definitely agree. Uh, I've been on a lot of, uh, a, a few different staff. I would say by far this one, I feel like um, we work well together. Not only that, but just a good uh, unity. Mm. Right? We truly do support uh, each other and want whatever part we're, we're in charge of to do well. Yeah, and so sure. we do all we, all we can mm-hmm. to help like uh you know the yg grow or like our english ministry grow or our children ministry grow whatever it is uh we go all in and all out for from one another and i think that bbs 
Yeah, that teamwork, <laughs> man, that kind of teamwork is hard to come by. For sure. Yeah. Like, I, I get choked up all the time when, like, it's not even me. Like, I hear so many stories, and, like, I've known this to be true to when I was in youth, but, like, youth pastors, like, pleading the staff and the, the congregation to, like, invest in their youth. Mm-hmm. But for me, like, I, th- there are many, there, there are, like, dozens of experiences where, like, I don't think of it or, like, I don't speak of first. And, like, one of my staff members would be like, oh, but the youth need to eat. Or, like, mm-hmm. oh, but, like, we need to think about the youth. Would they be comfortable with that? Mm-hmm. And, like, when they, when they pitch in for my ministry like that, when they're, like, thinking about, you know, my youth, like, I literally, I seriously get choked up every single time. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, like, um, that's so awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Yeah. So, I mean, there are a lot of joys. Um, there's so many stories. I guess we can make this like a five, six part or even. <laughs> like just once in a while, we might come back to the joy of ministry. Mm-hmm, um, for sure, yeah. But if it weren't for these joys, I mean, I don't know how long anyone could ever last sure, in yeah. ministry. These joyful times uh, really does give us the energy to keep on going. It encourages us to know that, hey, you know, God is working, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like I mentioned earlier, it just feels like you're just just hitting a brick wall and there's like not, nothing being done. But then yeah. later on you see the fruit and you realize, oh, that was all not for nothing. It was for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it meant one person coming to Christ, it's yeah. like so worth it. So yeah, just some of the joys that we shared today and we might come back to this and sh- share some more joys that we've had in the past uh, during ministry. Right. Um, but I guess- uh, I, got, I got one oh, yeah, more. Got, okay. Because um, I want to encourage like the viewers as well, but like this is also very real. Especially, like, this is not a complaint, but, like, pastors, most pastors, like, we don't, we don't live for the world, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're living for the kingdom and the king. And so, like, we don't get paid too well, right? Like, thankfully, like, our church firmly believes that we should take care of our pastors. Like, mm-hmm. praise God, right, that oh, we yeah. serve here. Sure. But, like, um, like, treasures in heaven, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, like, as as uh, the hope, as Pastor Eugene was talking about from the book of Hebrews, as the hope that Jesus gives to us, as that becomes more and more tangible, mm-hmm. more and more real, as your faith increases, mm-hmm. this idea of living for the kingdom and our, our lives in eternity and, and the treasures that we build up in heaven, the promise that Jesus gives us that those who give up their families and their lives to follow me, like they will have much in heaven. Mm-hmm. Like that, that becomes more real. And that's like, I feel like one of the biggest, if not the biggest, gain and joy ministry oh yeah of course yeah like i talk, I joke about all the time with my youth and, and my friends as well like like uh they'll like talk about like they won't call me poor but like we'll just make jokes here and there and i'll be like yeah i'll see y'all in uh, my mansion when i'm in heaven <laughs> like, <laughs> no you guys can like come by here and there if you want um but like not even just for pastoral ministry like i feel like i feel like the joy of ministry extends to all christians mm. uh, we're all called to ministry to, to different sure. extents and uh, i want to encourage everybody to to get involved in their churches and their communities uh, to to live as lights in the world uh, in a dark world and to store up treasures in heaven experience some of the joys Mm -hmm. that we're talking about it's not just pastoral ministry oh no Uh, we have to be serving i think uh that's a common misunderstanding where like going into ministry or or being used by god means you have to be a pastor or missionary Mm -hmm. Uh, but we need Christians everywhere. We need Christians yep. in the workforce. We need Christians out in the world in politics and yep. science or so everywhere in the education system, uh, everywhere. Uh, and so that's, uh, God will plant you where he wants you to be mm-hmm. and you being there to serve and share the gospel and be that salt and light wherever you are. 
uh, that's that that's ministry. Your ministry field could be your workplace. It could be your school. Right. Uh, just every, anywhere you're called to be, just just sharing Christ and what He has done in your life and that testimony. And if that brings other people to Christ, then you know, that's that's ministry. Mm-hmm. Right? And within the church, yeah, again, there's so many ways to serve and help and uh, be a part of um, God's work. Uh, it doesn't have to be just a pastor. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be just deacons. It can yeah. be. It doesn't matter if you're you have a position or not. Yeah, you're just you can just serve and you can just uh, be a part of and participate in um, God's kingdom work. And I think that's yeah, a blessing. The fact sure. that we can just hop in and and be used by God. Mm. That's the Christian life. Yeah, like Jesus Himself, our Master, He came to serve. Mm-hmm. And Philippians tells us, like, if He came to serve, the Son of God, the Creator. And like our lives are to serve, to be right. servants. Right. Um, those in the kingdom who are lesser will be greater. Right. Um, yeah. I guess uh, talking about Jesus. <laughs> our, <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. This talking is about this, this month, super fitting today. Very, very fitting because uh, our mission spotlight, you know, PSK will share uh, something interesting. Maybe the coming of Christ is sooner than we think. Than we think. Much sooner. And Jesus says this all the time. Soon, soon, soon. Mm-hmm. I'm coming back soon. Yep. Only the Father knows, but it's going to be soon. It's going to come like a thief in the night. Mm-hmm. People are going to be taken by surprise. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read a little excerpt. Uh, I'm not going to read it all word for word, but I'm going to say, I'm going to talk about what Christian Standard, a, a website that's pretty conservative, pretty reputable, talks about how they, they actually project that within 10 to 15 years, I heard this actually a couple of years ago, but we talked about this today, so I'm bringing it up for the Mission Spotlight. In 10 to 15, so basically, let me, let me give the background. What happened was that all of these different like, trans, like Bible translation companies, years back, they actually came together and started working together to actually get the words of God translated uh, in every language known to, known to man to actually spread the gospel further mm. uh, and to spread it to the ends of the earth mm. and so like about 10 or so translation companies came together and they started calling themselves the illuminations movement the illuminations mm. and uh this this project this movement is projecting that within 10 to 15 years time 10 to 15 years time that every language known to mankind here on earth will have at the very least, one book of the Bible translated in their language. Wow. And so this is actually the four audacious goals, according to Christian Standard, that Illuminations has. The first goal is that 95% of the world's population, 95% of the world's population will have a complete Bible in their language by 2033. That's 10 years from now. That's a Bible for every language known to man. Uh, or 500,000 speakers, 99, so a boost of 4.96% from the 95% before, 90, this is the second goal, 99.96% of the world's people will have at least the entire New Testament within 10 years. Wow. That even, this is the third goal, that even the smallest languages in need of scripture will have at least some Bible chapters within 10 years. Wow. And that the top, this is the fourth one, that the top 100, the top 100 written languages of the world would have at least two excellent translations by 2033. Wow. And it says that the Illuminations movement is actually saying that these are actually very 
possible and reachable goals that this is actually a projection that is not like not like reaching but it's like no this is something that we're actually projecting to actually happen very reasonable Uh very plausible and the reason why and this ties everything together the reason why this is actually so important is that in matthew in the gospel of matthew jesus says he talks about the end of times and he talks about he prophesies and this is jesus speaking Mm -hmm. he says that the gospel will, will be preached to all the nations mm-hmm. and then the end will come. Mm-hmm. I think it's like Matthew 20 something, 24, 22, verse 14, something like that. But Jesus says that the gospel will be preached to all the nations and then the end will come. Meaning that this is one of the many criteria that needs to go down mm-hmm. before the sun returns and the world as we know it uh, comes to an end. He comes back, whether, you, whether or not you believe in the millennial kingdom or not, um, and, 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 and sin disappears, suffering disappears, people get cast into hell, his people uh, join him in the new heavens and new earth. Mm-hmm. The end times are coming. Yeah. Jesus is coming back, and they're projecting that in 10 to 15 years' time that we're going to actually have the resources available to actually reach the ends of the earth with the gospel. And obviously, wow. we have to actually go through uh, the mission work. But right. That's crazy. That is crazy. Uh, Kind of relate to that. I know um, I've heard too that uh, almost every country has now heard the gospel. Almost. Mm. Even like the indigenous, like people like who are all isolated, living in jungles and stuff. Like even those, including those, they're they're like almost there. So I feel like this, um, the the Bible being written in every or translated in every language known to man, uh, that. And uh, the gospel reaching like all the nations or all the, all people groups, kind of probably gonna happen at the same time. Yeah, and that's another thing too. Like every wow. tribe, every nation coming to hear the gospel is another sign. So mm-hmm. it's like two, two, two of them being knocked out with this one effort. Yeah. But uh, man, it's exciting. Yeah, I think I think not too long ago, people used to view this as an impossible thing. Mm-hmm. That, and they start interpreting like passages like that, like that, uh, like that passage in Matthew, Jesus' prophecy. They start interpreting interpreting this non literally, and they were mm-hmm. saying things like, "Oh, like well, every nation could simply just mean like every people group right. or like every continent doesn't have to doesn't have to literally mean like every language." Right. But uh, now people are like looking at this, and they're like, "Wow, yeah. maybe it's very yeah. literal." And so it's like soon, I think, yeah. like, like um, if you proclaim, if you if you uh, profess that you you believe in the Lord Jesus, like now is the day of salvation, not just for you, but your friends and your family mm-hmm. and the people around you, your community. Um, we need to be telling people the people the gospel yeah. before it's too late. Yeah, I know every generation thought that Jesus would come in their generation, but I really feel like but this, now this is like, it. Yeah, like, I kind of hope so. That way, like it would be so cool. You go to heaven, and we we'll be we'll be the only ones who never face death. That'd be crazy, right? We'd Everyone have, else, you know, mm-hmm. they face death, physical death, and yep. they're here. But for us, it would just be we're living here, and then just yep. <laughs> we're up there, and yeah. we never have to face death. I think that'd be a cool one of the cool little things that we have uh, over over everyone else in heaven. Yeah. Hey, we never died. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we never died physically. That's true. Uh, so, hey, praise the Lord! If mm. uh, I really hope uh, he comes, and I hope uh, yeah. he comes. Uh, after PSK gets married, have kids, <laughs> you know, have a family, I get to experience that kind of stuff, uh, and then 
you know, here comes Jesus. <laughs> me too, me too. But uh, even if I don't, like, of course, man, of yeah, course. like that comes first. Yeah, of course, that, that, that beats, that trumps everything. Right? Everything. Yeah, everything. But it'll be nice to yeah. experience those things too. Because mm-hmm. I remember I was thinking that, God, just when I was in youth, I'm like, God, I know you're going to come soon, but please come after I get married. Right, I used to have kids. Too, yeah. I just want to experience, mm-hmm. you know, what it's like to have those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've experienced enough. So, right. <laughs> so, so if Jesus, you know, Whenever you're ready, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is actually going to be a first. But I have to use the bathroom so badly. <laughs> if you can actually lead us into the questions. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you can take uh, the okay. reins. Sure. I'll be right back. So our, our next. It's all right. This is what makes our podcast uh, amazing <laughs> and real, right? Nothing here is, uh, is fake. Uh, everything just happens as it goes. Um, actually, he was very close to having this situation happened last week but i guess you couldn't hold it much longer for today um we're actually going to move on to questions because we have a couple questions from our viewers our listeners uh, so first one is a shout out to david thank you for your question um his question is how how do we tell non-believers about jesus and it, it kind of like the same line how do we encourage them or get them to come to church and i always say the same thing i think your testimony sharing about how God has been working in our life, in your life, um, just talking about God, because we can talk about that. We've experienced it. These are our experiences. Uh, like I mentioned during the, 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 uh, the primary segment, how, oh no, during the, uh, the devotion, how I was sharing, uh, we're, how I was, uh, was eating lunch, and we are just sharing each other's testimony. Uh, very encouraging, very challenging. In the same way, uh, I think we can we can always tell our testimony. We can always share what God is doing in our life because that's something personal. That's something that we can tell no matter what's no matter what's going on. So, uh, the best way to lead non-believers to church or even to tell them about Jesus is to share about what Jesus has been doing in your life because uh, that's huge, right? Again, that's something that we're familiar with. So as we uh, share what Jesus is doing in our life, um, it will, I experience this multiple times where they uh, feel led to know more. They want to know more. They want to uh, talk about who Jesus is and they want to know who this Jesus is and why Jesus came uh, to die for, for, for our sins. And so uh, a good way for sure is to share your testimony. Uh, share, uh, let them see it through your life. I think more than words, just seeing how you live your life um, and seeing how different you are than, than the world draws naturally interest. And I wonder, why are you so different? You know, why do you not do the things that we do? Mm. It gives you a natural way to share. Uh, rather than just like going up to people and be like, hey, believe in Jesus, you're going to go to hell. It's a very uh, blunt way or a very uh, non-unwise way uh, to share the gospel. It's like show them your life. Uh, show them how God has been moving in your life. They'll naturally draw interest, and then they'll open up their hearts more to receiving what you have to say, mm-hmm. rather than just going up to people and just be like, "You're going to hell unless you believe right. in Jesus." Uh, it's a very yeah, unwise way to go to approach it. But we're just going through the first first right. question. Shout out to uh, David, mm-hmm. good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. I love that guy. I was actually thinking about him a lot this week. Mm. Uh, just like being grateful for him. His, his relationship in my life. And so I love this guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know 
everything that P said about this question. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Like, it even falls more in alignment with, with the gospel. Like, yeah. and yeah. what Christianity is. It's not yeah. a simple know-how and, and know about God. It's relational. Mm. And the fact that, like, I think Jesus and his method and mm-hmm. uh, what discipleship really is, I think it encourages, like, this, this approach to evangelism in the sense that, like, we're forming relationships first as we're telling them about Jesus. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense yeah. than simply just telling people, like, hey, believe in Jesus. Yeah. And that's important, too. Like, I'm not saying that, that that kind of discourse isn't helpful and doesn't bear fruits. Um, but I think, you know, the way Jesus did it was he was, you know, in the streets with his people. Mm. And he was forming relationships with people that were broken. And through that trust, and obviously he's the son of God, but like through that trust, the spirit uh, worked in his ministry and, and uh, yeah. people closer. But kind of one example I, I, that comes to mind from the Bible was the Samaritan woman. As soon as uh, she realized Jesus was the Messiah, uh, she just went to the very town where she was an outcast mm-hmm. and said, hey, this guy, Jesus, he knows everything about me. Come and meet him. Yeah, it's a simple proclamation like that. But she was sharing her testimony in a, in a sense. Yeah. The one word, hey, she, he knows everything that's that's been happening in my life. Mm-hmm. Come and meet him. Uh, and the, the whole town came and they they were saved and they came to know know Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so testimony, sharing your testimony, sharing your life, showing mm-hmm. people your life. Mm-hmm. It's a very uh, effective way. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's the only way, but mm-hmm. um, right. It's a very inf- effective way to sh- to bring people to Christ. For sure. Sharing your personal testimony, yeah. um, showing that it's genuine through that way, mm. forming relationships with them, mm. uh, but also building upon the relationships you have with the church. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something that Francis Chan, a preacher that we both are very fond of, uh, and we love, we love simply just his genuineness yeah. uh, for the gospel and the kingdom and people. Right. Right. Um, but he didn't coin this, obviously, like it's from the words of God, but he really made this uh, conviction very popular this idea that the unity of the church is what's actually going to make the people believe and so yeah. like another form of evangelism is actually committing yourself to your church oh uh, yeah like taking like like the early church in Acts chapter 2 devoting yourself to the fellowship and the breaking of the bread mm-hmm. yes the prayers and yes to the, to the apostles teaching but it was also to the fellowship and the breaking mm-hmm. of bread and then it said that like as a result like Thousands of people came to the Lord in, in a matter of like days, yeah. hours even. And, uh, and I think that's just another method. Like a lot of people are thinking about like, oh, like, you know, like important things, obviously, like theology and like, you know, learning more and like the right way to do like evangelism and whatnot. But like we have to show people that we believe in this kingdom that, that we're telling people about. Yeah. Uh, when Jesus, uh, that reminds me of when Jesus is praying. Uh, just for his disciples and just for believers, he says, oh, "Yeah, he says, let them be one, just like you know, you and and I are one, the Father mm-hmm. and I, and okay. through their unity, they will come to know that I am the Savior." Mm-hmm. That that's very telling how important yeah. unity is yep. to to God. And so, as we show unity within the church, that's what's going to draw people in. And unfortunately, the church hasn't been doing that. Mm-hmm. And so they look at the church and they just kind of ridicule it, saying like, "Hey, so you guys are just a bunch of hypocrites." Yeah. Uh, and that's that's on us, right? Yeah. We didn't do our part in sharing that unity, showing them that unity, showing them, uh, you know, that we uh, believe in Christ right. uh, and that we're united through Christ. But when we do that, Jesus said, then they will come to know right. that I am uh, who who you say I am. Exactly. Right? It's yeah. like uh, Gandhi. 
he, he said himself when he was alive, Gandhi said, I love your Christ. I don't like your Christians. Mm. Uh, I, think, I think he was seeking at some point. Mm. And uh, he, he got it almost. It was so close. He was so like, close. I love Jesus. Like, I love everything he's saying. I like, I like his history. His, yeah. uh, like the way he lived his life. Yeah. And then he looked at the church and he was like, something doesn't add up. Right. And, uh, and yeah, and like, that's not an excuse turn away from the lord but still i think that's very telling the church needs to actually come back to you know prioritizing the gathering of the right church. right and that's another reason why you know online churches virtual churches uh, are not good yeah, yeah. yeah it's not a good thing it's yeah. dangerous yeah for sure because you're you're isolated yep. right you're you're not, you're by yourself mm-hmm. um i guess we can move on to the second question yeah uh given to us by justin shout out thank you for your question Love this guy. Um, but I guess PSK can explain a little bit further, but it, his general question is, which disciples received a new name? And the reason for him asking that was he thought, well, what was the thought process behind? Yeah, Justin, we both have very close relationships with Justin because he's, a little bit about Justin, he's, uh, he's very like, he's very bold. And mm-hmm. He loves the truth. And mm-hmm. Like almost like he's one of those guys that will not hold back from the truth, mm-hmm. not, and as a result, like he's very uh, helpful to the ministry, his and mine. And mm-hmm. um, I remember the reason why I know that he was probably asking a much deeper question than he he asked was because we had this conversation before he asked this question, gave us this question, and we we talked about I, I I briefly mentioned how there was a teaching that is going around. It's not new, but like the, the teaching goes that. God is going to give all the saints a new name when he returns. Mm. And we'll talk a little bit about why that is, why this teaching is even a thing. And uh, we don't affirm it or, you know, uh, uh, oppose it. But uh, he asked, like he read, which disciples received a new name? Um, and I think he was just trying to get further insight into, oh, is it true that, like, we all have, a like, a name. hidden, yeah, like, Christian, God-given name, apart from the name that our parents gave to us? Mm. Um, I think amongst the disciples, there's only three. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the one that everyone knows is Peter. Right, Simon right? Peter. Simon Peter changed his name to mean uh, the rock mm-hmm. because that he was gonna be the rock that just builds the the the, the church upon. Right. Um, and we have the the sons of Zebedee, James and John, the sons of thunder. Yeah, yeah. they changed to thun- sons of thunder, which is more like a nickname. Right. Um, and they're they're also part of like his inner circle. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, we were doing a little bit, a little bit more reading on this, this idea, this teaching that God gives like all the saints a new name, and we, we just simply we don't think about the Old Testament, and this happens a lot in the Old Testament. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Abraham goes to Abraham. Yeah. Um, Jacob becomes Dude, Israel, Israel. Israel. Yeah. Sarai becomes Sarah. Right. Right. Um. Naomi. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Becomes. Um. Mara. Mara. And then she comes back to Naomi, yeah. which is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but I think that is simply supplementing a verse in Revelation. Um, and, and, and where this teaching, this idea that like, we'll all receive like, the God-given name, our true names, right? Mm-hmm. If this is true, um, comes from a verse in Revelation where it says that Jesus is going to return. He's going to hand us a white stone. And on this white stone is going to be written a new, new name. Now, obviously, Revelation is weird. And, uh, it's, it's prophecy that hasn't come true yet. And so, according to the Old Testament, 
I think it's Moses, right? That says the way that you know whether or not prophecies a prophet is true. Oh, it's not Moses. Uh, but anyways, whether you, whether whether you know a prophet is true or not is simply waiting to see if the if prophet comes, comes, true, comes yeah, yeah comes, uh, comes to fruition. And so for Revelation, we know it's going to come mm-hmm. because it's God's inspired word. But like when it happens, you know, that'll, that'll be the proof. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'll admit I don't know. Um, I guess the only thing I do know is we'll find out when we get there. <laughs> exactly. Because right? yeah. God knows. Yeah. Right. And uh, I think that's, that's okay. Yeah. Right, for us to of course. Because, uh, I mean, how can anyone know everything about God and about what's in his word? Uh, it's right. impossible. God is God. Right. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, the the quick and easy answer is I guess we'll find out yeah. soon because you know Christian standard <laughs> illumination right. says they'll have you know um, all the Bible uh, translations mm. in every single language known to man soon, which I think would be cool. Yeah, very if cool. we did get a new name, I think that'd be cool. It would be cool. I I'll be curious as to what what it would be. Yeah, like what my name would be. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know what purpose that would serve. Right. But... But it'll be cool to know. Hey, yeah. this is what God has named me. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for the questions, and uh, of course, like keep them coming as we have them come up. Uh, we'll make it turn it into a segment so we can answer these uh, uh, these questions that you have for us. Yeah. Um, I guess with that, uh, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and do all that social media stuff right and the tiktok <laughs> is is literally is actually coming i'm like working on the first tiktok i know we've been saying that for a couple of weeks now but the tiktok is coming it's going to simply just be like weekly post of like highlights of that week's episode um or previous episodes mm-hmm. and probably more content on that as well yeah uh, but it's coming soon so yeah so that's exciting uh thank you for joining us today i guess uh we'll see you next week the next week all right see all you right. guys bye, bye.